0: hi hello
1: welcome i know welcome to brave space live a talk show a talk show a podcast a show where we talk about anti oppression and communal healing each week we pick a hard hitting topic, dive right into the awkwardness like you just saw me display. I'm Tyshell. I'm a trained social worker, educator, diversity, equity, inclusion practitioner.
0: And I'm Mel. I'm an author, an activist and a social ethicist.
1: How do you get the title activist? Well, I'm gonna, I want to be an active. No, I feel like I'm an activist in certain ways. So. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was just I was just having a conversation with Mel and I was like, I'm a vigilante. I'm a little bit of a vigilante. So anyway, I want to dive into what we're talking about today. So today we're going to talk about and I saw you talk about this on Tiktok in that shirt, because so it reminds me <laughs> of that there. We're gonna be talking about traveling while black. Specifically, I really want to tell you all about my cross country trip as I move from the East Coast. To the West Coast. I can talk about all the awkwardness that I experienced being an East Coaster on the West Coast, but I really want to talk about the trip, how it went, and what dive into what that was like. So and I know Mel, you had some questions because I haven't told you really a lot about it, but no. I think it'll be um awesome to talk about. And and that's also kind of getting into where we wanted to start at today because we were gone for a while. Like four, five, five, six, I don't even know how many months. Four? I think it was yeah. four. That was a good long stint away. So sorry for uh, leaving you all hanging for so long, but we are back. Um, And that was part of the reason that it took us so long. Mel bought a house. Like, she's a homeowner now. I don't know how she did
0: that. And this is economy. Yeah. (laughs) We got super lucky. Well, we live in rural New England, rural Maine. So it's a little bit. You know, we're we're up there with with the mosquitoes and, and the moose and
1: and <laughs> and, and yeah. the moose, the
0: moose, and yeah. And I'm all the way on
1: the west coast now, so um, where Mel is, it's like what eight o'clock, and where I am, it's I don't even know, it's five. So, five. so we're we're coming to you from two different time zones through the the magic that is the internet. So, so in really me. wanted to talk about like the trip in general. One, it, it was wait, really
0: good. Where you did the trip
1: yes so my husband graduated from his phd program and we moved out here Mm -hmm. so he could start a job because the things you do for love are kind of ridiculous i if you would have and i have this pen in my hand sorry i'm a a clicker so let me put it down if you would have asked me uh i don't know six months before i moved if i'd be ever moving um to the west coast california oregon washington no like that's not never saw it for myself. I am an East Coaster, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised very much like Will Smith says, but you move the things you do for love. Um, So he owes me big time. So (laughs) we moved and, and we also decided to drive across country, which is not something I ever saw myself doing, but we drove because not only the things you do for love, the things you do as a pet owner, my my dog is too big to fly in cabin in an airplane. Just like literally like five pounds too big and a couple inches too long or whatever. And I was there was no way I was gonna ship my new puppy, who will be two on Friday. Risk so it. yeah, Are you to celebrate. I already bought him a birthday cake, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, of
1: course you did. I did. I did. <laughs> And it's here already, it's very cute. You'll see pictures, I'll post them on Space and on my social media. But, so we wanted to drive across, um, so we took a while. We didn't do like the let's drive in, cause I think it's like 40 hours to drive from East Coast to West Coast. It's a but we long took, trip, yeah. It's, it's a long is. trip. And if you'd asked me a while ago, how long do you think it will take to drive across country? I wouldn't have had an answer because I really hate um, traveling. I just, I'm just, I like going, I like being places, but I don't like, Getting there. So, oh, interesting. How come? Uh, I (laughs) so let's go back into my childhood trauma. My mom, I've always hated driving and being on the road. Like my mom hates driving. My mom doesn't even own a driver's license, never has. So it kind of put a, it's like, this is when we talked, I think we talked about um, generational trauma before. This is one of the generational passed down traumas, at least in my family. Um, So I just hate modes of transportation. Like can't swim, didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was 13, didn't get my driver's license until I was 26. I still hate flying, all of the things, like all of the things.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, so we drove, but when I say we, I really mean my husband. Um, So I was a passenger, but also I work and I didn't take off. I think I took off like one day to drive and I I worked most of the time from the car with a hotspot, that kind of thing. So we, what we did was we tried to plan, um, we, we did a lot of pre-planning and the thing about traveling and I think traveling while black specifically is you're not really sure where things are. So one of the things that we did and folks, you can do this too, is you can look up, I think it's like edu, which is a school is a, is a HBCU. They have a list of sundown towns. And I'll explain what a sundown town is because a lot of people don't know that it exists or that they still exist. So a sundown town is a town where when black people, when years ago, but also still now, they would say for a black person to be safe, to leave before sundown. Like you didn't wanna be found in this town, in these towns across the country after sundown. During the day, it was, maybe you weren't welcome, but after hours, you could be hurt, you could be harmed, you could be killed, all kinds of things. And there are sundown towns in like every state. And you don't really think about this because I mean, it's not something I think about, especially being from a large city, but I think for other people, they probably do. Right.
0: So it sounds identified. Like, I'm, I know that there's history there, but I'd love to hear you say more about that.
1: So I don't know specifically how each one of them can be identified. Um, I, it's usually self register or people register because on, so this, this website that I used, and I'll make sure we post it on our socials, this website that we used talks about town places that used to be sundown towns, places that are, that when they used to be sundown towns, what they talk about is like what they've done different in legislation, what they've done different in welcoming, how many residents they have of color, things like that. So, uh, but there are towns where it's still, and more unspoken, but I'm still, I am glad that they have a list like this because for me, it was really, really helpful. Um, So we looked at that. That was one thing we did to prepare because um, we're driving across country, so there is, there's Nebraska and there's Idaho. Well, Idaho, I don't know. I'm I'm from the East Coast and I'm a true East Coaster in that I don't know any towns in the middle. And I'm sorry, you all. Please do not come for me. Um, but there's different places, so we we wanted to look at that. Um, my husband was really um, instrumental in looking at that as well. Another thing we did was go to the Southern Poverty Law Center and find out where all the registered and communal bigger communal hate groups are, which is another thing you can do at the seven, splcenter.org. Um, find out where all the active hate groups or supposed hate groups are in each state, which is not something I, like I don't do on an everyday, but it's it's wild to do it. So if you haven't done it, please look them up and know at least who you are, who's around you and where you are. Um, and then we, so on the other side of it, What we did was we looked at um, which which cities and towns had uh, George Floyd protests because we figured and not big counter protests. So we wanted to see, okay, well, maybe this town is more friendly across the country. So we did all three of those each day on top of looking at weather and road reports and all of that kind of stuff. And I wanted to share that with you all because it's not something that everybody has to think about like i don't know if you've traveled across
0: country or up and down and you've had to even think about stuff like that i have traveled across country and i didn't i didn't it actually uh, so i I kind of have a story that and i want to hear more about this because i understand that there's like there was a like a paper copy right um of the Sundown town, like a registry or like, what was it called? Mm -hmm. I can't
1: remember. So there's a,
0: there's a, a there's a, there's a, an actual physical thing called the green book, the green book. That's what it is. Yes, And the
1: green book got turned into a movie, but I do not recommend that movie. It was very, it's very like centered on like this white character and it, it was not, so no, but the green book is something that, um, free black people and migrants had used to talk about where they have traveled and feel safe. So they called this the Green Book, and you could actually. One of my friends told me today when I was telling him about this episode, he said, um, "I think I have a physical copy. Like there are still physical copies out there. I've never actually seen one. I've only ever looked through one like on the internet. But I would love to get a physical copy because it still exists. So it's, so it's well. But tell me
0: your story. So well, the Green Book is so the Green Book is like the opposite of a Sundown town list. Then. Right? It's like where you can like sit places of refuge. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I um. I got divorced in 2012, and I decided to move from the Bay Area in California to transfer grad schools to Boston. And I was like selling everything I owned. It was like really like not a great- One of those cathartic things where it's like, (laughs) I'm going to sell everything I own, become a new person. I didn't, I I didn't eat pre-love. This was completely out of like financial necessity. Like I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't just like, oh yeah, I'm going to become spiritually enlightened. No, it's like I have to drive across the country and I can fit whatever I can bring in my Prius and everything else has got to go. So I threw a big, yeah, I threw a big, um, uh, garage sale, but I have to say on the day of my garage sale. Okay. I lived in the same town at my grad school is in the same town as as w- the George Lucas's hometown, like as in like oh. Star Wars, George Lucas. Mm-hmm, and That mm-hmm. day, I was like really sad about having to sell all my belongings. I saw George Lucas walking down the street, and he smiled at me, and I was like, "Oh my god, the force Ch- is changed with my me. whole life. <laughs> <change>. <laughs> the, the force is with me. The force is with me, George Lucas. Wow. I don't know. Anyway, that's really off topic. Um, so I was driving across the country, w- and I. My sister, my younger sister, is also a musician, and our friend Tressa, is a musician as well. And um, they were trying to cheer me up, so we decided to uh, create a like a little tour. Like we booked coffee shops and we were gonna play coffee shops across the country on our way from California all the way down to New Orleans and then up to Boston um, wow. or up to nash uh, Nashville and then up to Boston. anyway. Um, sorry, this story is getting so long. All to say, I, we talked to some friends who were from the South, like various mm-hmm. like contacts, like where should we go? Who should we stay with? What should we do? And we voiced at one point to a friend. I can't even remember the guy's name at the point, but I was like, I am really nervous about driving across the South. Like I've heard so many crazy stories like like, are we safe? You know, and he goes, oh, yeah, of course, you're safe. You're white. The, the words out of his mouth, like you're young white women. Everyone's going to protect you. You're safe to travel across the country, literally literally not even covert just like oh yeah oh no you'll be safe you're fine if you're white like whoa i was like okay so anyway yes literally the opposite experience from you i didn't have to do any research you could just show up somewhere and expect to be protected by society because we were like perceived as innocent little white girls right
1: yeah yeah Yeah, which is is not my experience at all in like almost any time (laughs) but yeah so that yeah, that is it, it is wild. I've never thought of tra- traveling across country, so it's not something I had been familiar with. My husband had done some traveling, um, driving back and forth. His friends they've driven somewhere. We've never I've never done that. I'm from a big city, so I'm like drive across the country for why? Like that's not a thing. <laughs> um, that anybody that I knew, um, and most people would just fly. So we go to the. We what we did was we took a couple different states. One, we ha- once we got to the closer to the West Coast, we had to take certain states because we are doing this also in February, in February. I do not recommend oh driving God. across country in the wintertime.
0: Especially was, like what you took the northern route, right? Like we at I-80, I don't know. This is, that's what that's I don't so know so directions funny. at all. But yeah, like you either. went through like southern states not southern. like you didn't sweep down to like.
1: No, we, we went. Of, like, I think we started and we went up to like Pittsburgh and then across, I don't know. I don't know. We took we and we tried to also another thing we tried to do was drive only like six to eight hours because my husband was gonna be doing most of the drive all of the driving. Um, so we only and and then you know, when you get out of a city, and you're trying to cross like across a, you know, highway or whatever, there's no lights. And it's just like pitch black. So we didn't want to do that either. And we knew like we were gonna be in the car with our dog and we had to make all these stops, all of that stuff. So we on our one of our first and I also had to find dog friendly hotels along the way so that was a another thing that we just had to do all of these things. So we're looking at these different stops and we're and I'm like looking to see if there are hate groups and we were fine most of the way. I will stop and tell you before I get to like some of the worst places. I didn't have that many like really overtly racist incidents. Some of the smaller incidents like going into a gas station and I can't remember exactly where we were. And I saw two like white teenage kids looking at, like, pictures of black women on their phone in this gas station. And then, and they were like, and somebody, and I heard somebody say, ew, before I walked up, I heard them say, ew, about something. And as I walk up, I'm over, like, this this girl's shoulder, and she is, they're looking at, like, black girls with afro hair or whatever. And I'm like, what is, what is, what is happening right now? And they see me, and they, he, like, quickly puts his phone away. So I'm like, weird. All right. All, all right. And then the next one was another another rest stop. So we're in a rest stop and I go to the bathroom and I come out and this guy who works there um, is spraying air freshener, but like there was nobody else there. He went back into the, the like the employee office, grab air freshener and like sprayed it as I, like behind me toward my head as I walked away. And I'm like, That's so you just, weird. you think that I smell like it. So these are kind of like the, um, subtle racist things that I experienced. And I'm just like, I mean, there were, and, and I, and I want to be honest and say that there are not honest. I want to be truthful and say that there were lots of nice people that I've met at rest stops. One girl I was wearing, <laughs> I, somehow it was cold. So I was wearing a sweatshirt and it had like, um, black girls matter, black thin girls matter, black nerdy girls matter. And some girl at a, at a rest stop. Cause it's the only place we stopped. Um, it was like, I really like your sweatshirt. And I was <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. And then I realized I was wearing it. So I just walked through the store like this because I, there was like, growing across country, there were not that many people of color that I saw in certain towns. Like they're just population of black people, 12, like not not a lot. Um, so so that was kind of strange as well. And then for the places that I knew I was going, like I have a friend who's from Kansas and, and I was talking to her and I was like, oh, cause we had, We had stopped, my husband's from St. Louis, we had stopped and we were thinking like, how far can we get to in the next state with like six or seven hours? But because of where we were, if we only went to like Kansas City, that was only gonna be like four hours. But if we went, so she was saying like, stop in Manhattan, Kansas. And and we always joke about Manhattan, there being a Manhattan in Kansas. And (laughs) she was, but it's great to have friends because she's like, uh, yeah, stop there because it's a college town. So there'll be lots of different people, nicer hotels and probably better food. I will say I never thought about going to Manhattan, Kansas, but it was very cute. I had some <laughs> awesome Mexican food from a Mexican restaurant. Um, it was a college town. I will say the funniest thing that I experienced there was we're it's it's a college town and they're big into college sports in, in Kansas. So <laughs> we go into the hotel and there there's what I would call a circle of dads. So there's like a circle of of 40, 35, maybe 40, 40 to 50 year old white guys standing in a in a literal circle, like all of them. It's like 10 of them. Why? Why? And they're all wearing three quarter zip up jackets and oh. denim jeans. And each of them had their hands in their pocket. I think I, I'll have to I'll have to send I'll have to send it to you because they were literally all standing there in the same way. And I took a picture of it and posted it on social media, called it calling it Circle of Dads. And there was one.
0: Exactly. And then
1: I walk, and then there's one dad who's walking. I think they were coming from whatever conference or conference room, and he's walking with his hands in his pocket. I was like, oh, this is a thing that they do. Like dads (laughs) with their hands in their pockets. So, but we had a, that was a nice hotel. We It was a really nice hotel, college town. We were able to walk and go get food. Very nice coffee shops, talking to some people. So that was nice. Um, I think the hardest one, the hardest stop. Wait, let me, let me stop. Cause I, I, I got told the other day, I talk really fast. So so now I'm like, self-conscious, let me slow down. Uh, any questions, any thoughts that you had? I wanted to make sure I pause as well and I'll get my drink of water.
0: Just the amount of work you had to do, the amount of work you had to do that like, it's, a, it, it's it takes your time on this earth away from your other parts of Our your life. life. You know, like the, the emotional burden and the time burden of that is astronomically higher than people who you know white people who don't have to worry about this it's just yeah it's something that white folks i think just don't think about it. it doesn't occur to us that you would ever have to do that much planning and like thank god you were safe you were safe because you had to take that many precautions right right i mean yeah it's just it's really it's really tough especially in a day and age where people are there are there's a high percentage of our population where where white supremacy is no longer like hidden like swept under the rug right people are like becoming more and more blatant and proud of the fact that they're white supremacist and xenophobic they have no problem shouting things and like you know it's like they're they're like you can't tell me what to say so i'm gonna Mm. say whatever i want no matter what the consequences no matter who it hurts because i'm exercising my individual liberties there's a lot of the country that's doing things like that right now and it's Anyway, so 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 it's not just an idea. It's this is impacting your real life. Yeah, yeah. This is impacting your real life and your body.
1: While you were talking, one of the things that made me think of was the first, the first kind of misstep that we took. So, I was booking a hotel on hotel tonight in our first stop in Pittsburgh, and you know, it, it's not only like we did this beforehand because you don't always know where you're going to get to driving, how many stops you have to take, getting lunch, getting gas, all of those things. So. I had booked a hotel and hotel tonight and I real and I thought we were in a parking lot and I thought we were across, I saw this like, I don't know, Holiday Inn and I was like, okay, I'm gonna book this Holiday Inn that's across the parking lot. But I realized when I called, when we went to the lobby, they were like, we don't have a reservation for you. And I realized I booked the wrong hotel. So I was like, oh, he's like, but that's hotels only like 20 minutes away. And I'm like, oh, mind you, it's like 8, 8.30 at night. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we can just drive. And I was like, wait a minute, let me check this side. In a sundown town, and um, hotel tonight would not give me my money back. They were like, "Well, you booked it, so that was like I think it was like ninety dollars." And I was like, "I'm not saying it. I'd rather waste ninety dollars than than be in a, than drive into a sundown town at night already and sleep there."
0: Yeah, because like, you
1: wouldn't sleep, right? Like, I mean, oh no no there was one night of that too and I'll tell you so as we so let me tell you about the first (laughs) the worst travel day as well and I I told uh, um one of our producers that I was going to talk about this and um with not wanting to travel so my sister-in-law lives in Denver and love her love Denver we drive a Prius like you talked about packing up the Prius and driving (laughs) cross-country so the night we were there we all decided I think we're gonna get like sushi or something and um it
0: Denver, if you know Denver weather, or you you told me, you know, because I didn't know. You wear shorts in the morning and snow pants by 2 p.m. It's very weird weather. Exactly
1: that. We drove in, it was fine. And they were like, oh, it's going to be a couple inches of snow. Six inches of snow. What? But it wasn't, (laughs) yes. But it wasn't like six inches of snow over a period of time. It was like six inches of snow, like right now. (laughs) So by the time we had dinner, it was, it was like Armageddon. It was snow <laughs> so it's like snowing and snowing. and so and my me and my husband were like, oh, we'll pay for dinner to my sister-in-law for letting us and, and my brother-in-law for letting us stay at their house and we're and we go out to the car and we're like shoveling snow off. and my husband's like, I can't I can't drive in this like no, it's this, not what a Prius yeah. <laughs> and my my brother-in-law is awesome as he is. They go hiking every weekend. He goes, Oh, I drive a Subaru. I'll be fine. And he literally goes to get the food and and we're all like worried, he comes back. And he's like, Yeah, you all wouldn't have make it there was there. We all wouldn't have made it. There's a bunch of cars on the road, but he fine in a Subaru. So I heard somebody say like a Subaru can do anything. They drove a Subaru through a flood, they called it a Scubaroo. So it's a thing. <laughs> uh So we we leave the next the next morning. And um, if like, like Mel said, if you know anything <laughs> about the weather, the next morning, it was 45 degrees. Like and now yeah. I know 45 is not like warm, but it's the difference of it snowing the day before and being 45 almost 50 degrees the next day. Yeah. But then it's they long- didn't tell you exactly. But then but it then starts melting. Yes. So yeah. the melting, it but no, it didn't. <laughs> but wait, there's more. It's it's 40 mile an hour winds. Oh god. So it's we're riding. driving through the a worst, one of the worst days oh, of my life no. where we're, we're, my husband is driving in our little Prius up a mountain, down a mountain, up a mountain, down a mountain. And at some point, the snow blows so hard. you We could not, see, I could barely see him in the front seat. Like oh I was sitting, I was sitting in the back because I was on my computer. I was sitting in the back and I could barely see him in the front seat. Was L- there literally, in the
0: car? Wait, what? no.
1: There was just literally no visibility. So like we could not see anything in front of us. That's and he's wild. like, I don't wanna go fast. One, we're on a mountain. Two, if I go too fast, I could hit something. Three, if I go too slow, somebody could hit us. Like, what are we doing? It was an hour of me going, <laughs> just just praying to all that is holy and sacred and um, um, thinking I was gonna die in a, slow, in a snow globe.
0: I'm glad you we're, didn't, In <laughs> a snow globe. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't, I'm glad you're okay, wow. It was like the
1: worst work that was the worst travel day. And so I won't recommend driving through mountains. In February. Yeah, Yeah, don't don't do that. Y'all don't do that. Don't don't be like me, (laughs) learn from my mistake. So I will say the worst day of like the travel portion besides like the actual road conditions was we went to a place called Dillon, Montana. And this is we are driven through Wyoming or whatever, and the first thing we see as we get off the road in Dillon, Montana, because we weren't going to make it any farther, it was getting pretty dark um, out, and we wanted to stay somewhere. And is a is a a a sign that says Motel the Sundowner. And I was like the the Sundowner. That's 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 a that's a motel. Oh, no. And I'm, I immediately I'm like, oh god. So we pick a hotel. And it's a, a Best Western, which I've stayed at Best Westerns that are really nice. But the thing I don't didn't like about this hotel was that every door leads to the outside. So, so like it's, it's not like,
0: like a, a driver motel. What do they call? Yeah. It?
1: So yeah. yeah. So you you're not like in a hallway inside of a building. Your your yeah. door just leads to the outside. So we order food, and I'm just like I'm worried. There's like there's nothing in this town. There's like a gas station, a couple pizza places or whatever. And this Best Westerner is like, not very much. And like the closest town is like 30 minutes away. And I'm just like, oh man. And I was so, and the thing is, whether it's perceived danger or actual danger, it feels like danger. Yeah. So to me, the girl, the girl at the, 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 I had booked the hotel on the phone. She was really nice. But once we got into that town, it felt very desolate it felt very scary there were not any people of color that we saw I literally told my husband like you go check in because I don't want something to happen because you're with a black person like so I had him go bring the dog and check in and I stayed in the car and then once we got into the hotel room I was like we're not leaving but of course we had to leave because we ordered pizza and the pizza hut was like oh we don't we don't have a credit card machine. He got to come pick it up. But then they delivered it, and I was just like, no, like. So when they came to deliver it, he was he was gone, and I told the pizza guy from the between like through the door, like, hey, my husband's coming back. because I look out the window, and he, I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not. Or look out the peephole, and I'm just like, I, I just don't want to be the only black person in this town, and something happened. Like I just, and it's not because I think every person is dangerous, but you hear too many of those stories. There are stories where a guy went camping with his friends and he got, and somehow they find him hanging from a tree. And I just could not fathom that. Because here's the thing, when we read these things on social media, to many, many, most people of color, it's numbing. But when you're in a situation where that could be you, you're like, I don't want that. So I didn't leave the hotel room until the next morning. I was staying like, I'm not doing this. So, that was probably the the scariest thing. I mean, there were some other incidents where we got a lot of looks um, or a bathroom was dirty or um, people just stared us down the entire time. One, we're an interracial couple. Two, I'm a black person in uh, the middle of whatever, Wyoming, Montana, wherever, and it's not, you know, whatever. So it, it, was, it was very, very nerve wracking and to think about, but, and then you also, when you go read this like list of uh, of sundown towns or former sundown. Now the list does let you like look at a sundown town. It'll tell you what steps they've taken so that it's not considered that or what, but they still list it. When you look at it, it is long. Every single state, 50 states. I think Alaska doesn't have many, but but when you look at these, this list, you're like, what, what? I've been there. I've been there. And, and it um, is for So I will say- I don't if
0: there's any in my like local- I'm,
1: a, I'm, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna tell you because it, it is, yeah. it's wild. I'll look in your state and, and not tell you. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll look in your state. But um, it, it is wild and it's a historical database. So it has every one. So yeah.
0: It's, there is, um, man, I have a lot to
1: think. I have a lot of things to say. But... All right, I'll read them to you while you're thinking. Okay. Bid, Bidford, Brewer, Fairfield, General, Ma- Magala Island, Milo, Orano, presky island and westbrook i've been to some of those
0: places wow yeah wow oh my god yeah it's when you have like literal documented evidence for the fact that racism still is alive and well in our country and we're talking about like covert like excuse me overt racism like people who seek to actively harm others right like we're not just talking about like a little fringe of people hold up somewhere. This is like a prevalent and widespread problem still that exists to this day. My question is like when you are out and about in the world, I've never asked you this when you're out and about in the world and like obviously in places like Philly where you grew up and, you know, um, you're familiar with the neighborhood and the people and things like that, that might be a little bit different. But when you're out and about in the world, like visiting a new place or things like that, how often would you say like what percentage of your time are you thinking about safety and how to keep yourself safe and how you move through the world and like and then and does that impact your body like the, the way like you experience because it's stressful right to, to worry it, about oh that. it is oh yeah. it was
1: stressful every single day to like look at a sundown town like uh, to, to know, and the, the list also does tell you, is it a concern, is there, is it still a sundown town? What was the, or- are there ordinances, things like that. So to your question, I think, and, I, and I, I'm not gonna speak for all people, but a lot of people, a lot of people I know, we live in a city and we don't move anywhere else, right? When you, when you li- a lot of people live where they grew up or they are, I'm getting out of this town. Nobody goes, not, not nobody, not many people go, um, I moved from a big city and I'm gonna move to a small town. Like you don't see, there's not that many people doing that unless they have a lot of, right. But unless they have a lot of money or they, or I'm sorry, a lot of black people don't do that. Uh, But unless they have like a, you know, there's a big thing with like celebrities moving to like Wyoming to buy a ranch or whatever. Mm, That's not something that a lot of black people do. Um, so I had never conceived of not living in a, in a major city. Um, my, my husband and I talk about when he gets his next job, I want to be no more than 20 minutes outside of a major city for many different reasons. I want to see people that look like me. I want to have a lot of culture. I want my kids to grow up around and be able to get on public transportation and do things and things like that. But so it, there's, and it, it, when you, when you were asking your question, it made me think of this first scene in the movie, Get Out. Have you seen Get Out? oh my god well now you have to um it is a psychological thriller kind of scary movie not really scary but by the end you kind of want the people to die that are the people that you think are gonna die you want them to die so it's a movie by Jordan Peele who writes about the experience of being a black person oh I saw a trailer for this yeah 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 you have to go back and watch it and it's a it's a really smart smart movie because he puts a lot of what they call easter eggs where you're like oh this means this oh that means that it's wild. And the one of the first scenes in the movie is this black guy walking in a really white neighborhood because he got lost and he thought one street was the other street. And he's being followed by this white person and they end up, you know, I I don't want to spoil it for you. But he ends up like, um, having an encounter with that person. And if if I am in a white neighborhood, that is the feeling that I have, right? Like I'm going to be like, but it's it's more so like, is something going to happen where somebody's going to call the cops on me? I so I live in a neighborhood now, um, in in a part in a part of a state that's like not many black people. Like I always joke that when I leave to go to like I, like I travel back to PA for my husband's graduation, um, that like the population of black people was cut in half. Now there's not there's more than that, but. Um, I walk my dog in a neighboring neighborhood because I live where there's not a lot and this neighborhood is really nice and you can walk a, a two mile path or a one mile path around this neighborhood that's really close to me. Um, but I am not just, so and I'll, and I'll tell you one of the things that's the hardest, it's not just worrying about things, it's also investigating every look, every smile, So I'm not just investigating the people that I think that are staring at me, I'm investigating all the people that are saying hello. And it's not that I want to do this. I don't want to look at a person and be like, that person's racist or that person's this. It is my natural reaction to trying to preserve myself. And because you never know when it's gonna happen. And, I, and what, you, what you asking me that question brings up something that happened to me the other day. And I have to live through this. It's kind of like when you're a woman and you get your period and like, you just have to function like, like, it's, like it's not, like you don't have it or the rest of the, or like, yeah, I'm gonna go to work and I'm, but I'm in pain right now, it's fine. So I was walking my dog in this neighborhood and I do it like probably almost every single day. So there are neighbors I see and they're like your dog's so cute and there is I've met the groundskeeper who takes care of the neighborhood over there and he's like you could he's the one who told me about the different paths I could take. So I meet really nice people and I'm always happy to talk to them. And that's the thing. I always have to be on guard as well. I have to like, I can't just be like mean mugging walking down the street, which is like something that's natural for me because I'm from a city and I lived, I'm from Philadelphia and I lived in New York. So you just don't, what are you, a tourist? Like do you have that kind of look on your face. <laughs> so I'm, my natural face is just to walk and I'm usually like listening to a podcast, but I have to make sure I smile at these people. And I, so here's the thing. not only do I smile at everybody and say hello, who looks in my direction, I also carry my ID because I don't want people to be like, do you live here? Where do you live? And I've had that happen to me. Um, I don't want people, I I carry a mask, not be, and I'm outside, so I'm not wearing a mask outside, but my thought was when I first carried it was that, what if I get stopped by the cops and I have to get in the back of a cop car? Like I I wanna have a mask on. So I carry all, I carry my ID, I carry, um, a mask i carry everything on me just in case something happens because i don't want them to be like we can't identify this person
0: oh right God. all of those you, things you, have, you think about that on a conscious level on a regular basis like oh, walking your dog
1: absolutely and oh so this God. is the, so this i'll tell you about the the incident that happened to me the other day so i'm walking across the street and there's no stoplights because it's like a, a, a like a community and i'm walking and this guy and this these two Old, younger white guys, probably in their mid twenties or early thirties um, are in this like big pickup truck will quintessentially like the stereotype at, at that point. And I, whenever I'm crossing the street, I always, I also take the time to like um, to train my dog when I'm walking with him. So I make him, if there's a car, I make him stop and I'll always let the car go. So I get to the intersection and the, and that truck's pulling up and he stops. So I look at him and I, and I give him that nod for like, thank you for letting me cross. And I get in the middle of the crosswalk and he revs his engine and move, and juts forward on purpose. What? And it wasn't like, because he saw me, he, I nodded at him. I looked at him in his face and he revved his engine and like <sighs> moved up to the point. And I'm just like, and, it, and so I jump scary. and yeah. I keep crossing the street and the girl behind the girl in the truck, in the car, I don't know if it was a truck, I think it was a white car, behind him looks at me and is like, and I'm just like, yep, like this is the stuff that I deal with and I'm, Keep walking. Like I have. What am I gonna do? Run so not in the only house. You,
0: so not only are you like constantly having to interpret every human around you, every person, every signal, every tiny little like, am I in danger? But you're having to plan for possibly being detained by cops and what what to do in case something goes terribly awry. And you have to monitor your own body language and the way you're coming across to make sure you seem as unthreatening as possible. Oh, all of that just to walk, your, just to walk your dog. Yep. In addition to like staying safe as a female as well as a woman, right? Oh yeah. Like, all that's a lot of levels of things that I don't have to do in the world. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think of because
1: there are really nice neighbors that I see. And I've talked me and my husband have stopped and talked to people, but like people give me a smile. And I don't know if like, did they walk past me and, and, and go, okay, this is a black part because they're lingering. In, it's, it's so much. And like, i want to walk outside and not have to think about that all that sounds the time exhausting. And I, oh it my sounds God.
0: exhausting it reminds me of um it reminds me of, if in, in like trauma responses hyper vigilance like getting mm-hmm. locked like uh war vets or people who've been through like a traumatic event right like they get locked their brain gets locked into a state of hyper vigilance where they're constantly yeah. like looking around them almost like paranoid like what's gonna happen to me or are there any perceived threats in my environment but it, what you're describing is not hypervigilance because you have to do this out of necessity for your survival, right? Right. Right, right. That's
1: different. I mean, and I'm from a city, so like my mom always told me to like be aware of my surroundings. Anyway, like I always, I play this like game with my husband, and I'm like, if somebody walks past me, I'll be like, is that person wearing a so-so this 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 and that? And he's like, yeah. How did you know that? I'm like, because my mom said you need to be able to tell what the guy across the street is wearing. Because I've had it, bad incidents in my own neighborhood, in black neighborhoods as well. But it is like investigating every smile. I'm gonna tell you, this is the, the your homework is to watch before our next. Uh, meeting in two weeks to watch get out because it, it is wild as a movie where you're like oh that's what's happening like it feels this is the it's i think what jordan peele was trying to do was like from the mind inside of a black person dealing with this what is this like
0: and yeah. it is it's is so wild so it, I it once, is i was once again and this is this is why it's so important and i'm i don't want to make this about white people but i do want to say this for a sec because You know it's so important for white folks to understand the these experiences that you live through on a daily basis and I'll give you a really pointed example I was doing a photo shoot with some um, young um, educational guys who were like doing a hip-hop program for kids and I was um, I rented like a really nice like shared studio space from Mm -hmm. some friends and so these I brought these two black guys in and we were doing like a really nice you know photo shoot and I was all excited because I rented the space and I want to like you know make it a good ex- positive experience for them they're just starting out in their careers and stuff like that um while we were shooting so there are two other people and two other white folks in the space like working just like work whatever while we we're shooting one of the young men starts getting really anxious like he's sweating he's fidgeting he's like trying to smile but he's doing like he's like got this really fake smile on his face and he's like freaking out and And i'm like are you okay like what's going on and he he was like i'm fine i'm fine and so he obviously the pictures aren't turning out well because he's like he's like literally almost like to the point of having a panic attack i thought he was just like off and his friend was like it's okay it's okay like you can get through this calm down but like if i had known then this was years ago what i know now about racial consciousness i would have said like I think these other white folks in this space are making this guy uncomfortable, like some there's some sort of vibe happening with these white people, or even if even if there is no vibe and the white people don't mean anything, this is how the situation is being perceived by this young man, and he doesn't feel safe here, and why don't we just go take pictures outside? It's not a big deal. But I didn't even think about it. I right. My brain didn't even go there, like I didn't even understand that that could be a possibility that he's uncomfortable in a predominantly white space. Like. You know I, I should have been able to make an accommodation for that without like making him feel like there's something wrong with him for being that vigilant you know and yeah, i right. and i regret that i wish i would have been able to like be there and show up more for him as an ally but i didn't even like it just went straight over my head
1: so. i mean it, it is a lot of like the more you know now you would approach that situation differently we all have those it was mm-hmm. kind of like you know and I have a fantastic mother-in-law and we stayed at her house for a couple of days on our trip. And we were talking about how far we were gonna drive into Kansas. And I was like, oh, let's go to Salina. Um, that looks like a good town. And my friend was like, oh no, if you if you stop before that in Manhattan, um, this is, you know, this is she told us about the, the college town. And like I was saying, um, and my mother-in-law was like, no, you could drive to Salina. That's like another hour and a half and you'll be fine. And I was trying to tell her like, uh, at the time, I don't know if it's still on there. Celina was like, not wanna, if we don't make it to there, it's gonna be like, there's like sundown town before sundown town after. And I was trying to explain to my mother-in-law who didn't, who just didn't get it at that point. Um, She was, I was like, you know, we wanna avoid sundown towns because trying to explain this to people, they're like, well, why? that's not like, that's not a thing. And I'm like, no, 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 it's a thing. And she was like, well, you're with her son, my husband. And he's, she's like, and I, I think she was, trying to think about like, well, he's a white guy, you'll be fine. And I was like, I don't think you understand. It's not making him safer, me safer. It's making him be probably in more danger because people don't, if people don't take kindly to N-word people, if people don't take kindly to black people, they don't take kindly to the black people, to the white people who love the black people. Like that's not a, a thing. And I And I don't think, and I think at that moment, I don't think she thought about that and like i don't i didn't want to have to tell her that because i don't want her to think like your son is going to be in danger for being married to me but like yeah. that's a reality that we have to deal with and i just think it, she was like what and i was like yeah we have to be careful no matter where we go what we do and and i'd like to think that you know we we'd like to you know Based on how our things that are happening in our country, anyway, that we'll talk about, um, you'd like to think that that we're in 2022. But this is the reason we have to tell we tell people all the time, or I tell people when I'm doing DEI work, is that saying that it's 2022 doesn't mean anything to Black people. Like it does it, it does not mean anything to marginalized people. When we when we say that, we just have this concept that time heals all wounds, and that's mm. not true. We have to be working at it. So when people say I'm not racist, it's like, no, but you have to be anti-racist because if you're just not racist, that means you're not doing what in people's minds. Often they mean I'm not doing something, but you have to be anti that against that, pushing against it, learning more, teaching people because it's not enough because time doesn't heal all wounds the the they say what is it the long arc of justice the long arc of the law bends towards justice or whatever the the i can't think of it straight in my mind right now
0: i think that that i think was it yeah but you have to work at it it doesn't do that automatically on its own the default is not justice like you're gonna unless you work against that you're gonna we're gonna go back to default mode exactly so yeah that's my
1: my tra- travel across the country uh and, and it's i mean it, it turned out good i will say um kind of going into our we were going to talk about um what's happening this week
0: do you yeah. want to get into that sure yeah so, so it's uh, the end of june right now
1: exactly very end exactly. Of june.
0: and w- before we do that though let, let i just want to say thank you for sharing that experience you didn't have to share that with the world and with me and and i just want to thank you for that it's Gosh, I, w- I wish, I wish he didn't have to put up with all that bullshit. I wish that. I, I wish that all people who
1: live in mar in racialized, genderized bodies didn't have to put up with the things that they that they have yeah. to put up with. So that is yeah. why and I say uh you're welcome and that's why I tell the story because I want other people to learn. And not everybody who experiences that is going to share that. Right. Not every woman shares that she's on a period for fear that people are going to be like, you're PMSing and you're faking it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not every black person is going to share with you that they went through something racially traumatic or that it is because people will tell us maybe you're just making a big deal out of it. I've had people say things like that to me maybe you're just maybe they're maybe he's just a jerk maybe they're just a a rude person I'm like maybe it's just racist right so I I I share that because I want other people to know and to understand
0: so and no one is entitled to hear those experiences from you like I I you know I I can't demand that you share that with me I you know it's not that your experiences do not exist for my knowledge or entertainment but I I'm like I'm very aware of that Thank you. And the last thing I want to ask you about that is how can non-Black folks um, be more supportive in these situations? Or like, you know, if I see a Black person walking down the street, my first instinct is to like smile and try to make them feel comfortable. Hi, hello, friend. Hello. But I don't want to like do that just because they're Black and like make them feel uncomfortable. So like what what advice do you have for non-Black folks? I think they they call it
1: they call it virtue signaling. They're like, I'm a good white person. Come to me. Um, You have to be authentic, right? And whatever authentic is to you, be that. So if you would naturally say hi to people, say hi to people, right? But don't be like, oh my God, are you new here? Like the the very like, but you can just, right, you can just say hello. But also this is going, the, 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 the teaching moment is going to be the same in every conversation we have. Learn more yourself. So we told you the story. You've heard some of the trauma that I've experienced because when people are reliving um, things that negatively happen to them, that is trauma. But if you learn more about it now, you know you know more. Like you're like, I didn't, I didn't know you had to think about this. I've never had to think about that. So maybe it'll impact you differently as you walk through the world. The best thing you can do, or the the best thing you can do individually is learn the thing you can do collectively is, you know, legislate and work against. And, and if you know that if you go and look at this list, which will, which, um, our, our producer has already, um, posted and we'll be posting on our social media, you can learn about it and learn about what you can do. Have you been there? Do you live there? Do you know people there? What can you do? Can, have you talked to your Congress people? I don't know that kind of stuff, but learn, you gotta do the learning on your own as well. So thank you for asking that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing. So, I wanted
1: to talk a little bit about what's been happening this week, um or this, I mean, in the in the past in in, in June, right? Kind of kind of thing in, to where we are. But I want to start with the good. before yes. we get into yeah, uh, the hot mess the that is America, right? So, um it is June 29th, which was it
0: New Year's like yesterday? I yeah. I don't. This year's felt very long for me. So there's been. A She's lot like. Actually, here. it's been.
1: <laughs> like, it's June 45th, and it's New too Year's long.
0: feels like eight years ago. Yeah. Oh,
1: Okay. Yeah. Somebody said that. Somebody said to me the opposite. They're like, I thought 2019, 2017 was like yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it's like a both and. Like we've been here yeah. all this Groundhog's Day, and also what what it's it's good, you know ahead. back to the future. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, uh, we're at the end of Pride Month, which is fantastic. Um, Father's Day just passed. Um, I've gone to, I don't know, did you do anything for Pride? Did you celebrate in any way? Did you talk to any people? I've gone to some events, but I wanna hear about that I from did, you. I did
0: celebrate in my own way um, as uh, the B member of the LGBTQ. Um, I was gonna go to uh, Pride in a major city near me, but um, I got, I tracked gardening because I'm a happy little hippie and that's what happened, so. I meant to go, but I was like, oh, the city, and there's parking, and where am I going to park, and I don't have anyone to go with, and I just, you know, hold up in my, I'm getting old, that's what happened, like, in my 20s, <laughs> a I'd parade have been, like, like, in the cold outside, yeah, I get it. Well, it's not cold, but yeah, no, yeah, like, in worry. my 20s, I was, like, marching in pride, I had my, like, rainbow wig, and I was like, yeah, and now I'm like, I'm gonna garden and plant my tomatoes, that's... <laughs> So yes, but yes, of course. Did you at least have,
1: do you at least have rainbow tomatoes in your garden?
0: I have (laughs) rainbow corn. Oh, see? Yeah. You know, be be gay
1: in your own way or (laughs) be bi, any, I I don't know, I don't know how to,
0: exactly. exactly. Oh, that'd be
1: great. Um, I went to a couple of different events. Um, I didn't go to any parades. Uh, because I also, I'm really serious about making the space for the people and not just like co- me, me as a straight person, just co-opting being like, I love rainbows. Like I, I hate, I hate that when people are just like, this is a party. I'm like, there's a lot of meaning behind this. So I've gone to some events. I went to an event that was talking about children and kids yesterday, um, I went to an event um, about trivia. And I was doing really, really well in the trivia, until somebody knocked me off um, in, in the po- in the in the, the, the uh, question because I didn't know the answer to when was the first lesbian kissed on television on network television?
0: Oh, the, le- oh, the first kiss. I don't really know the kiss.
1: F- oh no, no, I'm sorry. It was the first the lesbian first... wedding.
0: The wedding. Wasn't it on Friends? It was, and I did not know that. Yeah, Carol. And Susan. And Susan. That breaking. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So True. I did not, and I, the thing is, I'm a fan of Friends. I just didn't know that was the first one, yeah. but I was doing well with like, Harvey Milk and Stonewall riots and all of that. I lived in New York city. I have nice. some LGBTQ friends. I've been to Stonewall. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I've been to Stonewall more than once. It was amazing. I've gone on tours. So, and and I have a, a brother who's gay and a sister who's gay. So, and friends who are gay. So I always try to, to, to get my knowledge and understand that without them having to educate me. Um, so, and, the, you know, trying to actually be an ally if I say I'm an ally. So um, I've gone to a few events. I haven't gone, I didn't go on any parades. Um, and then we also had Juneteenth this month, which is June 19th.
0: Yes. A oh, uh, question about this. Is it, ex- is it appropriate to say happy Juneteenth?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's happy. I mean, it's, it's a okay. happy occasion. Yeah, you can okay, do good. a happy Juneteenth. It's not like it's not like uh, you can't say like happy Yom Kippur to Jews, right? Because, because it's not. not that day. You can say happy Rosh Hashanah, you can't say happy Yom yep. Kippur. So yeah, happy Juneteenth is I went there. Were There are if you don't know and you are looking to celebrate in your town or where you're from, you can go to like you can Google Juneteenth events in your town like it, they come up. Um, I went to a Juneteenth event in in my town and apparently it's like the oldest in the entire state it's been happening for 40 years so that was oh. wild to hear and I met literally probably every black person in the entire neighborhood in the entire city that's a good way it to was, do it wild. I was like, I have, it, since I've lived here and I've lived here, oh, what, four or five months, I had not seen that many black people. Like I've seen like one delivery person and we're like, hello, one person in neighborhood. I'm like, hello. And I go there and I'm like, black people. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a TikTok where the guy goes, if there's not no niggas, no nigger, And he's like, I don't want to do it. And I go and it was amazing. It was great to see. And there were, there were, you know, other people there as well it wasn't like exclusive, but I met some DEI council members for the city. Nice. I, um, they hit, they had um, one of the, I think national football teams came out, which we are not where they are. The football team is located. So to see them, they had food, they had dancing. I got to do the electric slide. It was great, nice. And I'm so I, I I met a couple black women who told me where they get their hair done, which I you know is gonna be important. Um, and I met one woman, and she was like, "Oh, you have to meet my friend because we call her the mayor of Blacktown. She knows where all the black things are." And I was like, um, "Thank you, I would love to meet them." So um, hopefully, and I met a couple people who do some volunteer work. I got signed up. I got my registration to vote changed. Um, so that was great. Um, and it was, it was a Soror, a woman who is in like a, a Sigma Delta. I don't want to get it wrong. Please divine nine don't come for me, but, um, she, she has been doing it for the last 30 years, like registering people to vote. And I was like, oh, I just moved here. She was like, I got you. And I was like, this is amazing. So it was a great time. Fun was had by all
0: those local, I'm so glad you had a good time. Those local networks are so freaking important like we want to talk about like getting involved in politics and being a citizen and being a neighbor local politics are where it's at local organizations food pantries registering people to vote that is really where the real work of politics and government and justice happens in so many ways and it really reminds me of like what you were talking about earlier um not to jump back to what we we're talking oh about too heart. much but but the the networks of people who are like creating the green book and like communicating mm-hmm. with each other on a really local level. Like, let's compare notes. Let's get together. Let's keep each other safe. Like, I'm just I the, the older I get, the more I see how important those local networks are for like the health of our society. You know, like, go get involved. If you're not involved in stuff in your in your neighborhood, go do it. Go volunteer. Go, go do it, because that's that's really like Like our country isn't by default amazing. What makes us great is, is our active participation, right? We are only as great as we care about our country. So I'll get off my soapbox, but, um, That's very just put it away
1: for a second because we'll have to bring it back out when we talk about the not so great thing also (sighs) father's day and i will say i was called it on father's day because it was juneteenth fell on father's day this year and it's pride month so i just kept calling it gay black father's day so (laughs) to all the gay black fathers um it was your day it was amazing so i called it that um but yeah to the not so great of Roe v. Wade uh, and our country, so that's why I said just tuck your soapbox away because you'll have to bring we, it back out to so say the goes. same exact things you just said. Yeah,
0: yeah. Here it goes out again. I, I just so how did you feel when you when you heard? Were you expecting it? Were you? I was yeah. expecting it because of a leak like five weeks ago. Um, really frustrated that Congress hasn't done anything to prevent or to you know legislate kind or of modify mm-hmm. it. Um, there. I mean, so I'm a religious scholar. I'm trained as like in, in theology. And I studied Christian theology for 10 years. I have a master's of divinity. So for me, I, I see the, the danger that's happening on a theocratic level of theocrats, really conservative Christians trying to legislate their religious beliefs into law on behalf of the rest of the country and not being satisfied with pluralism. For example, pro-choice is a pluralistic stance. It's not, it's really a false dichotomy, um, pro-life versus pro-choice. you're either pro-life the the true the true dichotomy would be pro-life versus pro-abortion pro-choice is just saying it's in it's neutral it's saying whatever you decide do that and stick by your Mm -hmm. convictions and live according to your convictions make decisions according to your conviction it it was never meant to be a liberal thing it was meant to be a we're not going to let the government decide this exactly you do what's right for you but that's not good enough for people who are trying to push their religious ideals and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a religious conviction about this but it is wrong when we're supposed to live in a pluralistic society where we don't have a a a single religion that we respect or or congress shall establish no religion right right so for me um not only roe but in the same week i believe two other supreme court cases have been eroding the separation between church and state. There was one about prayer in schools where a football mm-hmm. coach was fired for praying with his students before a game, but the Supreme Court overturned that and said that he's allowed to pray with his students before a game. And there was another ruling um, where a public, a private schools could get governmental funding, public taxpayer funding for, for their schools, which again, like it sounds like I'm saying religion is bad. I'm not saying religion is bad. I'm saying there's a reason we have separation of church and state. We have fought long and hard to have a a separation between church and state because when you combine church and state, you combine religious doctrine with the law, which is literally the power to enforce things. You combine religious doctrine with the power to enforce religious doctrine. That's too much power in one place. No one should have that much power. Religious communities and religious leaders function pretty well when they are actually separated from the state and they can keep the state accountable they can act as a moral voice and ethical voice in the best of cases but when you combine those two powers it's in history it never works out never like people forget that nazi germany was a theocracy if you read hitler's speeches they read like sermons he's talking about jesus all over the place like being a religious person does not protect you from abusing power. So right. it, the separation of church and state is as much to protect the state as it is to protect religion and the church and, and, and religious communities. So when I see this happen, when I see theocracy, you know, and there was a there was a candidate in Georgia, I'm, I'm blanking at her name, she's a GOP candidate in Georgia, a couple of months ago, she just said in a stump speech for her candidacy that she, she said the words, don't talk to me about church and state. We are the church and we run the state. Yeah. We run the state. So we're we're talking about theocracy that is not covert anymore. It's just like, oh, I wish we would, you know, get back to our values as a Christian nation. No, literally people are saying that, like, conservative yep. Christians should run the country on behalf of everyone and determine morality from law which it's I think so is so dangerous it's like it is mind-blowingly dangerous one of
1: the things that I think about that, that that makes me think is that like when people came to and this is you know we we're getting and I'll get into a little bit about this what it what it means for people of color and things like that and how that looks um separate from a little bit of the theocracy is that religious persecution was the reason that that Americans were supposed to be come, or that some of the English were supposed to be coming here, yeah. because they were being persecuted. So how to you turn around and then make it make it so for people here. And, and that's that was one of my thought processes oh, on the in the in the vein of theocracy that I think is pretty wild, is that we don't have we have a majority we have people who are in the majority, right. But that doesn't mean they, that they should run things. Um, there are there's a there's a I think it's in Florida there is a synagogue that is suing their legislation because in in Jewish law, you should be able to get an abortion because you value the life that is there. And, you can't, how can you tell someone else who doesn't have the same belief system that they have to believe what you believe, period. Yeah, the, like, I think that's a wild thought process.
0: Yeah, the Talmud specifically says you need to prioritize the life of mother. You might know more about this than me, married because you're married to a Jewish <laughs> man. But yeah, there, there are religious persuasions, or like me right. as a pagan, I really do believe it's unethical and immoral to bring a life into the world that you can't support and don't want, right? So I believe right. abortion is an ethical choice, according to my religious and spiritual beliefs. And also, we, I mean, to talk about the intersectionality of this too, black churches are not the ones who are calling for theocracy. This is specifically a white Christian nationalist problem. Right. So we can't just look at race. We can't just look at religion. You know we can't just look at these like separate demographics but to bring those things together and say like this is specifically conservative white christians trying to do this trying to roll back our our freedom of conscience and it's not okay and and eroding privacy in the process right it's not okay it's interesting so
1: somebody asked me i think the day after um it came down and what what i thought and i was like I don't feel any different, but maybe it's because I don't feel the urgency for myself, but, and I live in a state where it's still legal, but one of the, the I had I told someone that I knew the same thing I did the, after Trump was elected. I had a lot of very liberal white people being like, I can't believe this is happening in our country. And I remember specifically talking to one of my students when I, was, I was working at a college when um, Trump was elected and I said the day you are waking up the next day after this and now you feel how black people feel have feet we feel all of the time and this is what mm-hmm. you talked about that about that hyper vigilance that constantly being on guard like this feels familiar because we've never felt like we had full rights now there are a few <laughs> Clarence Thomas's in the world, but. Um, for the most part, it feels like, oh, you're trying to take my rights away. We've been saying this all along. So I said to um, a white woman, I feel like I did after Trump was elected. I feel like this is something that I've lived with my whole life because people will criminalize you, right? There is a mother who um, who was jailed for sending her children to school in a, dist- in a different district because that district had better schools.
0: That's right. right i remember that so case. it's
1: yeah and it was long like i think they gave her like 20 years or something like that oh my god um or no i think it was six years and they gave a woman 20 years for a black woman 20 years for um shooting a gun in the air to alert herself uh, alert, alert her her traf- human trafficker right so like these it feels all too familiar and it, it and and that's the that's the saddest part because Will it affect white women? Absolutely. But this is not the first time, this is should not be the time that white women, the the only time that white women have w- woken up and thought, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this to us because they've been doing this to yes. us for a long time, right? So I did say that to, and this woman said, oh, I didn't, I never even thought about that. I said, because we're, if you're only fighting for the rights that belong to you, then you're not going to see the ones that belong to other people. So if there is an, uh, uh, if they, if marriage equality is not um, set for LGBTQ people, LGBTQ people shouldn't, LGBTQIA plus, people shouldn't be marching by themselves because it's not their issue. So that was one of the feelings that I've had. And then, and and I think the other, the other portion is kind of what you talked about at the end, this whole white supremacist. It's not, so when we, someone said, someone else I, I heard I was talking to um, that I had a difference of thought process with was um, Uh, they're not overturning it. They're turning it back to states and state to have, for states to have the power, for states to have the rights.
0: Okay, yeah, okay. You can pretend like you care about that issue, like not you, but the person who's speaking. I know, I know, I've heard conservatives say this too, like, oh, but you know, we just, we need more states' rights. Here's the thing. There are like a dozen states enacting trigger laws right now Mm -hmm. that criminalize abortions. Who bears the brunt of criminalization in this country? people of color right you just said mm-hmm. they get much longer sentences okay Damn. and in these almost all of these states that are enacting trigger laws abortion is now a felony what happens when you get convicted of a felony not only do you go to jail and if you're a person of color you, you go vote. to jail way longer but what happens you can't vote you can't vote so this is they- voter disenfranchisement of women in particular
1: Right. And then to even think to even go further on that, when we think about to from a historical view, when we talk about states rights, it just takes you back to constitutional states rights. Right. In Clarence Thomas's uh, um, letter, he said uh, it's not it's not in the Constitution. Well, neither were women and neither were people of color. No. So when we when they people. were. Right. So when the civil war was fought over states' rights, it was states' rights to be, to, to have slavery. Right. Right. So if we're now giving the power back to the states and we're talking about states' rights, it's a, it's a lineage that goes straight to that. So when we think about this, this is a doc, a document. And, and I heard had a, a classmate one time say, um, the constitution don't even slap like that. And I was like, I laughed so hard because I was like, (laughs) it doesn't, it was a document written by people who owned slaves who you know had thoughts about what they wanted for themselves. So when they were talking about freedom they weren't talking about women nope. and they weren't talking about people of color. So how do we reconcile what that looks like? you know what else is not in the in in the Constitution the right for black people to vote um, <laughs> the, yeah. the 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 um, interracial marriage, even though that's the one thing Clarence Thomas didn't talk about because he is in one but but the, I actually just saw a thing about uh, that his um, he was in an interview about his wife years ago and in the interview his his wife's uncle said we liked him so much we forgot he was black i was like great, yeah great
0: that's nice so it's just it's just a
1: wild thought process to think about what that means and trying to criminalize people who will cross state lines and yeah and and having to make escape plans and talking about going camping and, and all of these different it's
0: just and there are other states passing sanctuary laws, like I think it's Connecticut or Rhode Island saying like yeah. if, if women flee here to get an abortion and can't return home because they're going to be prosecuted, we will take them in. No questions asked. and we Canada will not and California, too. We won't extradite them. Right. Like what a time we live in. This is just crazy. Like, And we are it, always
1: one of the things I always think about. Sorry to cut you off is we always talk about this from what other countries are doing and how they're treating their people. And America is like this big, you know, come in and save you kind of person. And it's happening here. Like other countries are literally, I've watched this video of this man in Ireland talking about how bad uh, America is and how we should make it so that people can uh, flee America and take up sanctuary. There is a, there oh is God. a, yeah, there is a, wow. um, a a movement of people of color moving out uh, to more tropical places like, uh, Mexico city and places like that to, and, and uh, returning home to, to, um, Africa to just like not have to deal with what's here. So it's, a, it's a wild thought. Um, because the, and then, and then the thing I wanted to, to bring us home on talking about it, and not just that it affects all people, all women, all people go is the people who are, and this is, this is something I tell everybody when I'm doing facilitation is that, um, look at the groups that you belong to. The darkest and the poorest people are always going to be the first affected. And that doesn't matter whether we're talking about education, climate change, and now um, abortion, right? There are women, and, and I was watching this, uh, cause you, you know, I'm a student of, of TikTok University, uh, but not like just dances, but like actual TikTok, the kind of the old lady TikTok where I'm making food or watching educational videos. And this one person talked about how they, this was before, this is after the leak, before the, um, the decision um, recently, um, they worked at a, an abortion clinic, a man. And they would always have to get there at like seven because their first appointment was at 7.30. And one day he was out partying until like 3 a.m. And he was like, if I drive home, it's gonna take me 45 minutes to drive home and then drive back. And it, well, he wasn't drunk. He was just like, I'm tired. He was like, so I'm just going to go to the parking lot and sleep in the parking lot of work because I'm going to have to be there, leave my house and be there at seven o'clock anyway. So he got woken up in the parking lot because he saw cars pulling in at around six. And he was like, what's happening? And it was a bunch of black cars. And he goes in and the doctor rushes him out and is like, you can't be here. And what he realized, he ended up getting fired. But what he realized was that there were a bunch of rich white women coming before the clinic opened to get their abortions
0: of course they were of course they were and they have they're they're hiring cars i assume if they're like right because it's not traceable to them they're not in their car absolutely if you have money you get these freedoms in our country if you don't have money you're tough cookies right yeah and it's
1: I, one okay. in, go we, ahead. we
0: should do a whole episode on this because I have. Right so I have a question. We had a different listener question, but I have. I have a. I want to put okay. this one in instead. Okay. So I recently had a conservative, um, white person ask me, like, "Well, I oppose abortion because it, like, Planned Parenthood, like, targets black women and People black of color. Eugenics. You in the whole eugenics argument, because like, who is the person who founded Planned Parenthood was a eugenicist. That's true. Right. That is true. Right. So do you? I mean it, but it's also like okay if plan if abortions are most accessed by like poor women because poor women can't afford to support more children or children right and women of color happen to be lower income then it just kind of stands to reason that planned parenthood is often going to be in neighborhoods of color because that's gen- because of generational wealth imbalances that's where low-income people live who also happen to be like not magically, but who are also people of color. So, I mean, can you really, do you think you can really make the argument that Planned Parenthood like targets Women of
1: color. I mean, there are things. There are many things that started from origins that were not so great, that were tainted, that people utilize. Right? I've been to a Planned Parenthood. The first time I got STD testing in my life was at a Planned Parenthood, mostly because I didn't want to tell my mom I was <laughs> I was sexually active. So it's not like that's the the bulk of what Planned Parenthood does. They oh, do yeah, a like lot of care. Six percent of them. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it, can it be that um, it started from poor? Um, Places, Yes, but here's the thing. I think I hear less about Planned Parenthood and more about, and we'll talk, and I I know a place where you said we should do a whole episode. We'll be talking about adoption um, soon with uh, with a friend of mine um, as well, who has been through the adoption process on both sides, him being adopted and his children being adopted as well, is that you will find places outside of abortion clinics, outside of Planned Parenthood saying we can adopt your baby. But what we don't really talk about is that most people give their babies up for adoption if the, and and they say and that they've d- done studies on this that if they had ten thousand dollars more they would have kept their child right so they're yeah. they're they're they don't have their children so are there places that will and then you know a lot of people who give up their child for adoption are young right so they're preying on these young women and they don't know what's going to happen to these children and they go on to this this market of whatever right so is Planned Parenthood could Planned Parenthood be a problem? Yeah, many of the institutions that we utilize are a problem. Like, mm. you can't get away from it. So I, I think that um, I, I I don't think that so. And I'll, I'll be I'll be frank and be honest about myself. I don't believe in abortion for myself.
0: Yeah,
1: and I say that also because I haven't been in a position where I've had to get one. Yeah, right. I haven't been, but I can't say that if I mean would I would I utilize one if I needed to? Sure. I haven't been in that position, and I've tried to make conscious decisions that I wouldn't have to be in that position. But that's also negating the fact, or or, you know, not entering the fact that I haven't had any um, adverse sexual experiences happen to me, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I I don't want to get one, so I'm not going to get one, right? That's the, the the way I enter into that. But it's not the one. You know, abortions are not only a part of like. Uh, family planning, it's also for health, Um, you know, a a fetus is not viable in most cases until 24 weeks. Yeah, the reason that you know, that we all that whole old adage that you don't tell people you're pregnant before you're three months is because babies pass away. And it's not like you're naturally passing them. Right, sometimes they have to be removed and all of these things that people are not considering, especially because some, most of the people making the laws don't also have uteruses. And I also wanna say- Nor do
0: they have medical degrees.
1: Right. One yeah. other thing I really wanna to stress is that we have to stop saying this is a women's issue, just a women's issue. It's an issue of anyone who has a uterus because there are trans and non-binary people yep. who also yes. have things happen to them, who also are trying to get pregnant, who also, you know, and the, we can't act like that, um, that trans and non-binary LGBTQ folks are don't experience um, sexual assault, right? Yeah. Yep. We have to, you know, understand that as well. So it's not just a women's issue, but I, when I say women, uh, let's think either that or women with an X, because women is an umbrella term for lots of different types of experiences under the umbrella that is women. Yeah. So I want to make sure I make that distinction. But if you need it, you should be able to utilize it. I can't say that Planned Parenthood is good or bad, but that's not where all abortions happen. Abortion clinics are happen right. lots of places, and I, I I want some people to be able to access the medical necessities and the medical things that they need, right? I don't know. I don't know if I can even answer your original question to say like, is it, is it eugenics? Is it not? Like weird, people will stay. You can. There are there. And what this is what I was uh, originally saying before I even lost my train of thought and went down a whole different rabbit hole is that some of these places that will um, take your baby and uh, let you, they will also medically sterilize you. Not there are women who were medically sterilized not knowing that's what was happening to them. So when you have an abortion, you can still, you may, for most, for all intents and purposes, you're still able to have other children but people are medically sterilizing. And there was a woman who was in a, in like a mobile bus doing this, a white woman saying that like, you're too poor to have children. So, or you're on drugs. So I'm going to medically sterilize you for your own good. And she was giving people who, who had substance abuse issues money. And a lot of people were like, well, that's good because they won't raise children um, who, uh, who are addicted to drugs and they can't be good mothers, but you don't know what that's like. But you know, or women who there are white women who can go to people should be able to go to rehab if they if that's something there are people who who end up in very bad places and overdoses because of their um their substance abuse issues and their substance abuse disorders but not everyone. And yeah. to to take that choice away from someone is is wild. So it's not as if planned parenthood is out here being like we're going to sterilize you. I haven't had that happen or heard of that happening in this day and age, but yet, so we, should we know the history? Absolutely. Yeah. Um but
0: should people be able to utilize the things that they need? But to but to your point like the question itself is kind of misleading because it it, it the way this person asked the question was like as if Planned Parenthood was all they're doing is providing abortions literally like 96% of their services are like mammograms and pap smears and all like the women's care like health care that women need especially women who can't afford health insurance in this great country of ours so so, yeah, I, I think the answer to that question too, and I think I'm, I'm agreeing with like what you're saying, like, yeah, problematic past, but also there's a lot of good that that organization has done. But also if you don't want to take advantage of that organization, don't go there. There are other, you know, ways to... I mean, anyway.
1: Planned is not the only place that you can get an abortion. I, right. I actually traveled to an abortion clinic with a friend of mine and I was, I didn't necessarily agree with the choice that they were making, but it wasn't my choice and that all they needed was my support, Yeah. right? Most, and also we also have two, and I wanna say this as a as a as a last thing to the, the abortion conversation. Most of the people that get abortions already have children. So you're taking away people's mothers, right? Um, because are you going to criminalize and then put in jail? Because we're trying to create another cycle of white supremacy and and poverty. You're gonna take away this these people's mother if they decide to get an abortion, even though they already have children. And then what are we doing with those children? Putting them in a system that doesn't care for them? Yeah, like it's it's a wild thing, and also my most clever. But I told you I'm a, a student of TikTok University. One of the things that one of the most clever ones that I've heard of is that like people say that uh, a fetus is a child. I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with you, but then I should be able to claim them on my taxes before they're born. I should be able to get child support before they're born Um, because there are doctrines and there are uh, I think there's a religious um, belief in I think it's Judaism, but I could be wrong. So please correct me in the comments, folks, if you know differently, you are not alive after your last breath. So you can't be alive before your first breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you people can argue amongst themselves. Um, I, I I want people to be able to. Although I don't want people to have to get abortions, or though although I don't want an abortion, I want people to be able to utilize the services that they that they need. And the one thing I wanted to say about on the theocracy debate of it all, your religion is supposed to lead how you or is supposed to lead how you live life. Yeah. So when you say I can't, when you say we can't do that because of my religion. You should be saying that I can't do that because of my religion. I can't do it.
0: Not, Not you we can't, can't do, it. do it. Yeah, because yeah.
1: to the point of, as you said about the Supreme Court, for the for the for the coach that was praying with his team, is it a bad thing? No, but are we going to let
0: a Muslim, a pagan, a Jew, all a of, of these people, right, a Satanist, also pray? Yeah. Which is like, yeah, you have to. If you're gonna open the floodgates, yes, you have to let all the It's the of those same thing that happened with
1: with uh the, the people on the plane that were singing a Christian hymn or something, and it's like, is it bad? No. But if a Muslim got up on a plane and wanted to sing a prayer in Arabic, would you would we feel the same way? So right. we're it's this it's this supremacist ideology that certain people have the rights to do things and other people don't. Yep. And it, it's it's a it's it or the prayer in school i stopped doing the pledges uh, pledge of allegiance in second grade because i just thought it was a wild thing to do like why am i pledging allegiance to a flag like you I, are a
0: vigilante mom... look at that since childhood and I, vigil- I also I that same year yourself from now on hello my name is ty i am a vigilante
1: Yes, second grade I stopped doing the 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 Pledge of Allegiance and my mom was like they they said to the school Tesha won't stand or won't do this Pledge of Allegiance and my mom was like Well I can't I can't make her like what do you to do with that? <laughs> and then fourth grade I wrote my first essay about why um I'm not gonna say how many years ago that is, but it was in the nineties or early yeah, it was nineties. Um why people uh why, why LGBTQ people should be able to get married. <laughs>
0: nice, you're seriously ahead of the times. Like that's amazing. So
1: and I won an award for it. So a nice. platform. Nice. but so yeah I live and let live it should live be yeah. is was supposed to be what was happening I mean although the, when the constitution let, was written. as
0: well exactly yeah we should so, wrap up it's getting late but I know oh, I was going to say that an awesome conversation thank you so much thank Yay. you we got an, an amazing lineup for the next season season two we've got nine more episodes of this season planned out and each of the episodes have been produced and the the topic has been chosen by us along with our producers so our producers are are really actively involved in the show as well you'll get to meet them all at the end of the season um but yeah this is a this is a grassroots show we are not paid to do this work we're doing it because we're passionate about the work and and we're excited that you all are joining us
1: so what do they say on youtube like share and subscribe we'll say that like share and subscribe and find Mm -hmm. us wherever you listen to your podcast i do want to say um, thank you so much, we'll be back. Uh, we are moved to, last season we did every week and that was hard and, sus- and not sustainable. So we'll be doing it every two weeks. So you'll see us here in two weeks. You can go to bravespacelive.com and all of our social medias and find our show schedule, what we'll be talking about, who our guests may be a week before, a couple days before you'll find that out. Um, and if you wanna be a guest, if you also, if you have questions, send them to us on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, every place, Um, send us your questions. I'm I'm trying to convince Mel to do a a mailbag episode. Um, So uh, you may see that this season or definitely at the top of next season if we don't get to it this season. Yeah, uh, because we want to hear your questions. We want to talk about what you we want to be able to answer things you want to because with an author and a social ethicist, as we always say, (laughs) Yeah. And an educator and a DEI practitioner, like why not ask us questions? So uh, we look forward to it. We look forward to connecting with you all
0: again in two weeks. In two weeks. We'll see you soon. Have a great day. Bye y'all.